Welcome to episode 35 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. How's it going? And Ivan Ocampo. Good day. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we'll be smoking something by my father, Cigars, as well as talking a whole bunch of sports, North Korea stuff, Nicaragua stuff, and uh, playing some uh, some pretty awesome Stanley Cup celebration audio down the road in the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoky experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. This episode's featured cigar is Vegas Cubanas by Don Pepin Garcia. This is, of course, made by my father's cigars in Nicaragua. Uh, here is what my father has to say on their website. Quote, Vegas Cubanas is a symbol of a traditional handmade cigar. It is the result of a careful selection and elaboration of our best Nicaraguan fillers and binders being grown in Esteli and Jalapa regions of Nicaragua. The cigar is dressed with a beautiful Corojo wrapper that has been skillfully chosen and optimally matured. For a medium body smoking experience, the brand name comes from the name given to tobacco fields in Cuba, Vegas. It is exquisitely packaged in Cuban-style dressed box. I don't know what that means. Of yeah, that means 20- like a paper wrap box. Yeah. All right. So Cuban-style dressed box of 25 cigars. Uh, this has a, uh, a binder and fillers from Nicaragua. The wrapper is a Corojo, the origin of which my father has, uh, as far as we know, not disclosed. We are smoking this in the 6x50 Generosos format. These cigars uh, come in various, I think, three other formats, priced between 638 and 776 per cigar. So this was uh, initially one of the, uh, the cigars that was being made when Pepin was... Doing El Rey de los Habanos, so his little that's, Havana, yep. Miami-based uh, yeah, factory. that's correct. And uh, was was brought back in the 2017 IPCPR trade show in Las Vegas. So far, what did the two of you think of the cigar? Well, construction is impeccable. Uh, absolutely impeccable. The wrapper is gorgeous, and it has a... It's a very sort of traditional Cuban-style cigar. I, I know that that's a little nebulous, but... What I mean by that, it's not, it's not like an over-the-top pepper, earth in your face, very Nicaraguan. It's not that. It's it's a very classic, smooth Cuban style. With you know, it still has the requisite pepper and earth and 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 some of that little corojo type sweetness to it. But again, in a very classic Cuban style, not not the not the New World style cigar, right? I find it to have a little bit of bite. Yeah, so uh, really? but still in a very complex, smooth pepping style, you know. Uh, but I find it to be a little on the strong side for me. Really do? Yeah. Wow, man, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, no, very good though. Again, like it's got the pepping complexity, you know. It's got the leathers and the get some vanilla from it, and very nutty, but still very smooth and complex and good. Unfortunately, I am not able still, to enjoy still the cigar. Down for the count. I'm still smoking. My limited edition Flor de Moco. Uh, so, until I'm done That's with that, terrible. I won't be getting into any that of these cigars. Absolutely disgusting. Nick. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good name for a cigar, though, Flor de Moco. Um, but we will come back to uh, what Eric and Ivan think of Vegas Cubanas down the road in the podcast. In the meantime, we uh, are in the midst of what is being uh, what is definitely a historic uh, summit. The uh, the Trump Kim summit that was uh, going down in Singapore. So this is the first meeting of a U.S. president and a North Korean. Let's call him leader or dictator. Supreme leader. Yeah. Supreme leader is the best way to yeah. put it, right? Well, one of my uh, 
one of my high school history teachers used to call a penis potato. Oh, dictator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to do wow. really good there. To do So, uh, what are your initial base? The the basics of it are you know that that Trump has decided to meet with Kim Jong Un. It's uh, already news in and of itself. That is news yeah. in and of itself. The meeting happened in Singapore. There was all this buildup of will it happen, won't it happen. There was doing a little bit of a, you know, along the lines of a, of a Mayweather fight, right? Like Willie Woney. Yeah. Um, well, it was off and on, on again, off again type right, of thing. Right, right. And, and so the debate, right, is about whether the meeting should be happening at all. So as as Americans, what are your feelings on the fact that this meeting is happening at all? Um and what your hope, what what kind of outcome would it take for it to feel like it was worth it? So what kind of outcome would it take? Well, I think a denuclearization would be worth it for me, right? Making, uh, you know, I know it's a little cliche, but making the world a safer place would already be worth it for me. Uh, it's pretty subjective, though, at least in Kim Jong-un's. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. What does that exactly mean? Denuclearization. <laughs> what I'm what I'm curious about is so we've the Americans are, are always been made out to be like the evil empire, right? Especially in these communist uh dictatorships. Sure. Right? Yeah. So Trump is the head of this evil empire and they distribute all this propaganda to all the citizens about us being this, you know, the worst thing that could happen to to the world. So now the Supreme leader goes and meets with him all smiles and giggles and shakes hands. And now everything is all fine. Right. Doesn't that go against everything that you've preached to these people? Hopefully it's a big change, but it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, but they have state run media, so I don't think they have to worry about that. (laughs) No, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. But how, now, how do you go back to your people? And what do you say? It was like, Hey, listen, well, their people are not sitting there watching CNN or anything like that. Their people are watching whatever sure, the sure, state wants sure. them to see. So yeah, you're you're telling those people yeah. that, that in that meeting you were the tough guy. Yeah, it's yeah. a completely closed environment. That, so I wouldn't worry about that for them. If that's your if that's <laughs> no, your no, big no, no. I'm, I'm just no, not a concern. I'm just trying to like picture how yeah. how that gets uh, distributed. Oh, there's and, a lot of spinning and, and massaging. Yeah, there, man. yeah, I wouldn't even. Yeah. I mean, a spin may even be a, a mild I, I agree. The way they do yeah. it in North Korea. It, it, it's it's uh, more like surgery. Yeah, like 100 percent chance that they're like right up against the line of coming out and saying that Trump got on his knees and kissed yep. Kim Jong Un's boots completely during the meeting. There's uh, CGI of uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah for sure. Um, the the way that Trump has been talking about Kim Jong Un. In some of these press conferences, he said stuff like, he's a very talented man, and he loves his people very much. And in, in typical, like, Trump uh, hyperbole fashion, right? And so it's one of those things where, you know, number one, I think it raises the stakes, right? Because for, at least politically, what it takes for that to have been a success, now you're you're needing a lot more out of it. The payoff of going to Singapore to tell everybody that the North Korean leader loves his people very much you got to be like there has to be some really big payoff at the end of that yeah for it to be worth saying that kind of stuff and then i think it also brings into question the double standard on both sides of that political aisle right because no doubt about it the same people who were applauding obama going to cuba and making all these concessions without getting really much of anything in return absolutely are super critical of this trump move and a lot of the people who were losing their minds over obama going to cuba I mean, Obama didn't go even half as far in praising Raul Castro. No doubt about it. For sure. I don't think he paid for his hotel room either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Speaking of hotel rooms, did you happen to hear uh, Trump's Trump's take on what would be a better use for the real estate in North Korea? Oh, I know, man. It's no, talking about how you got these Have beautiful the beaches, beaches? <laughs> and they you fire the missiles. What a, this would be a great resort. <laughs> it's like you always see them when they fire the missiles. You only see them when you when they fire the <laughs> missiles. This would be a great resort. And he actually says, "You got these great beaches, and they're right in between China and South Korea. This is a great location." <laughs> no, no, I no, but the fact that he says uh, <laughs> you always see them when they're firing these missiles, that means while you're watching yeah. the firing yeah. of missiles, what you're looking at is the beachfront Where property. would I put the golf yeah. course? Yeah, he's location scouting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that was awesome. So, uh, classic, classic Trump. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it and how it's all spun come campaign time because 
Well, it depends what you want to know about it, right? Like, if if you want to feel positive about it, just watch Fox. If you if right. you want to be down on it, just watch CNN. I mean, yeah. it's that simple. Should Dennis Rodman get any credit for this? Dennis Rodman and Popcoin, Popcoin.com, which apparently has been a sponsor of Dennis Rodman's uh, diplomatic efforts. He went to Singapore wearing a Popcoin.com T-shirt, which is a and what was the crying bit? The crying. He was talking to uh, uh, Cuomo on CNN. And uh, and Rodman started crying as he was recalling the backlash that he got. Yeah, he from got a lot of shit for that. North Korea. Yeah, of course. I remember you saying it. Let me ask you it's something. Amazing. Does it's Kim amazing. understand it's English, Dennis? It's, no, it's, no, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. When I said those things, when I said those damn things, when I went back home, I got so many death threats. I got so many death threats. I was sitting there protecting everything, and I believed in North Korea. And when I went home, I couldn't even go home. I couldn't even go home. I had to hide out for 30 days. I couldn't even go home. But I kept my head up high, brother. I knew things were going to change. I knew it. I, I was the only one. I never had no one to hear me. I didn't know one had to see me. But I took those bullets. I took all that. I took everything. Everyone came at me. And I'm still standing. And today is a great day for everybody. Singapore, Tokyo, China, everything. It's a great day. So even like the guys who were like tagalongs on that got got a bunch of shit for it. Yeah. So so that crying thing where he's talking to, to Cuomo, to me, the most interesting part of it was so immediately after that interview, Cuomo has James Clapper, the former uh, national national security guy. Yep. Uh, in the studio. So then he starts talking to James Clapper about this Dennis Rodman interview. And when Cuomo says something to the effect of, well, this is crazy, you know, Dennis Rodman is the most valuable resource we have in understanding Kim Jong-un and James Clapper, who you expect to say, no, actually, we have, like, the most robust national yeah. security operation in the world and we know all kinds of shit. Yeah. says, yeah, it's pretty crazy. He really is the most valuable thing we have. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> So the uh, worm, baby, the worm, yeah. the worm. He doesn't just get rebounds; <laughs> he gets intel. So you know, the world is upside down. Is the the world is upside down, and everything is stupid. Is the is the lesson it's of the, the takeaway here for sure? Um, all right. Before we move on, oh, actually, no. First, let's let's talk some uh, some Father's Day. So, does I'm just trying to segue. Does Kim Jong Un have kids? No, but you know what? Both of these people owe their positions of power largely to their fathers. And so in ah, honor of this Father's ooh, Day. Very nice. Wow. In honor of Father's Day and fathers Nick, everywhere. Nick, did you, fi- you found that segue on the fly? I, I think so, right? I think we I just did. saw it happen. I did. The wheels. You saw the wheels turning. Well done, yeah, Let Nicholas. me get a horn. Let me get a... Come on. Come on. That deserves a horn. Action. Come on. more of a golf cloud. That was more segue. of a golf cloud. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. A half horn. Nice. All right. So... I'm the only one here who's not a father, so I will defer to the two of you, although I guess we all have fathers. Uh, but w- what are you doing? What are you doing for Father's Day? Uh, what is your, or what would you like to do? Because maybe you're not doing what you'd like to do. I think all fathers share the same sentiment. They don't want to do anything on yeah, Father's Day, just right? Just fucking leave me alone. Man, let me play some <laughs> golf or something. <laughs> U.S. Open this weekend. That's it. U.S. Open, World Cup. Yeah, that's later, though. Shh, quiet. We Go got away. a sports segment coming. Okay, like he just shushed himself. <laughs> no, but you, but you, but you were going to talk about U.S. Open as being what, how you want to spend your Father's Day. Oh, I do. I mean, yeah. Please leave me alone on the couch watch, watching the U.S. Open. Have you seen any of the pairings? The two featured pairings. No, for I just saw like Thursday, one large Friday. group of Spaniards in one pairing. Okay, so you got Tiger, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Thomas playing one threesome. And then you got Dustin, F- Justin, and Tiger. Yep. Right. And then you got Phil. That's Jordan. the law offices of Dustin, Justin, and Thomas. Then you got <laughs> Phil, Spieth, and Rory in the other one. Nice. Those I like that. Awesome, man. I like That's that. must watch TV right there. Not for a golf nut. Right? So, uh, right. who do you like? Here's our lead, pi- lead pipe lock segment. <laughs> yes. Uh, man, I just. Tiger. Uh, I like Tiger. Yeah. I like him at Shinnecock. I just like saying Shinnecock. Yeah. No, <laughs> no seriously. Uh, I don't know. That's who I got. Okay. I got it. Tigerazo. I think everybody's pulling for for lefty, though. You know, he's, Oh, because this is the one major he the doesn't one have, major right? he doesn't the have. The career slam. He's come uh, 
He's come second, close to game second, yeah. Second place six times. To like Retief Goose and well, six times. Six he's times? come second wow. place. And he's the only major he hasn't won. So this will be fun to watch. So I still don't feel that the, the, Me the lefty. I'm not Me feeling neither. lefty here. I like John Rom. Here's my, oh, sleep, my sleeper pick. Yeah. Wow. We'll see. Or or Ricky. Ricky needs a major Ricky's always, too. Ricky's always good for like that surprise win. Yeah. But I still I got Tiger there, man. Okay. I, I'm I just I feel the the finishes getting better and better and better. The one I'm not feeling is Spieth. The putter is just mm. completely abandoned him. Anyway. Yeah, but but then yeah, then it'll show up out of out of nowhere. So we'll see. Check back next week. Uh, we'll see how our lead pipe blocks did. <laughs> All right, Eric. Any uh, Father's Day plans? Uh, well. You know, I normally we do these things at at uh, my home, but we've got to I've got to go to my dad's house, spend time with him. I have to go to my stepdad's house, spend time with him, and then I'll end the day on my couch somehow. <laughs> that's that's my dream. It's Ho- just to hope end. you get there quick. Yeah, but no, it, it it'll it'll be fun, man. You know, spend yeah. time with these dudes and uh, smoke cigars, and in my dad's house, we'll be drinking a lot of wine. My stepdad's house, probably beer. <laughs> So that's well rounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Maybe once we'll... I get to the couch, I'll probably have like a tequila. There you go. Nice. So a little around the world situation there. Uh, yeah, I think I'll probably end up hosting people at our house. Uh, Whoa, the non-father hosting. Well, yeah, hosting my my dad. No, I, of course. I think that's probably what we'll end up doing. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but that's probably the move. Um, and probably also going to see uh, my wife's grandfather. So, that hey, so will, you uh, got some, tra- yeah, that, yeah, there's a little so bit I'm of traveling always, involved. Yeah, I'm coming into these, these holidays sometimes, uh, kind of dreading them sometimes because of the amount of driving that I have to do. Nick, yeah. th- Nick, does your dad smoke cigars? He doesn't, no. No? No. It's not too late to convert them. It's not too late, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you have them over. I don't think with the way, you, um, you can tell, Nick is not doing well right now with the. Yeah, I probably won't be smoking. This <laughs> so is not, I don't this, think this is the year to convert his dad. Yeah, I'm okay. a bad cigar evangelist this weekend. Right, right. now, yeah. Okay, forget so, it. But I'm going heavy on the Mucinex, so we'll mm. see if uh, if I can fix myself Mucinex and uh, Scotch. That's right. It's a good pairing. That's yeah. Actually, yeah, next, issue of, the, next issue of the magazine, look out for the perfect pairing. Flood de Moco and Mucinex in our next perfect, perfect pairing. It just sounds so disgusting to me. I'd love to see what percentage of our... Listeners yeah. understand what that is. Yeah. Do we want to do a Flor de Moco based giveaway? No. Yes. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what that is? Send a picture of yourself smoking <laughs> Flor de Moco. <coughs> Please right. don't say that. Okay. So uh, with that, a word from our sponsor, El Galang Cigars. El Galang Reserva Especial comes in four all box pressed sizes the 5 by 52 Airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos. The 6x52 Gallardos, which is a torpedo, and the 6x60 Obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan puros with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers. They're available in stores nationwide. You can find them at elgalangcigars.com. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N cigars.com. Or look for them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for El Galang Cigars. Again, you can find them at elgalangcigars.com, elgalangcigars.com, elgalangcigars.com. And now, the news from the cigar world. Rocky Patel Premium Cigars has announced that they are uh, launching a new look for their celebrated 15th anniversary line. The blend is staying the same, but if you're a fan of these cigars, be aware that they might begin to look a little different at your neighborhood shop. Uh, the idea here is to remedy the problem of, quote, dull bands and the overly heavy metal box plates that kept this brand lost on retail shelves, end quote. So these will now feature uh, the Rocky Patel logo and brand name with shinier silver embossing. Again, if you're a fan of this line, just keep an eye out for the new packaging. Also, CAO uh, tweeted that the brand's creator, Chano Osgener, who was the creative force and visionary who developed the CAO brand, passed away this weekend. Quote, we will continue to be inspired by his motto, if you can dream it, you can do it. Our deepest sympathies are with his family and all of those whose lives he touched, end quote. 
So uh, if you are a CAO fan, maybe, you know, pay a little uh, homage, light up a CAO cigar in memory of, uh, of Chano Osgener, and uh, we'll have more information about, the, uh, about his, his life and his history in the cigar business in an upcoming issue of Cigar Snob Magazine. Finally, we had a chance to speak with Glenn Case, who is the owner of the Kristoff brand of cigars. Uh, an upcoming episode, excuse me, an upcoming issue of the magazine will feature a uh, travel piece in which several cigar brand owners offer their recommendations for your visit to their towns. While we were on the phone with Glenn Case for that, we uh, asked him for an update on what is going to be new from Kristoff Cigars at the 2018 IPCPR trade show. Here's what he had to say. Uh, so in terms of new uh, products, we're relaunching a cigar called Vengeance. And when I first started our company, um, by the way, it wasn't, the, the first cigars we came out with were not called Kristoff. It was about a year later that we came out with the first Kristoff cigar and that put us on the map. But the very first cigar I came out with before we got our factory I worked with Rocky Patel and Jesus Fuego when Jesus was with Rocky. And we came out with a cigar called Vengeance. Well, we're actually relaunching that cigar under the Kristoff name. So it's Kristoff Vengeance. And we introduced that to TA members, which were a, a member of that organization, TA's Tobacco Association of America. It's a very small group of members. There's only about 75 retailers and about 35 manufacturers. And so they got first dibs on pre-ordering that a couple of months ago at TA in Casa de Campo. Uh, but we'll be introducing that at the show. It's it's a delicious cigar, medium, medium full, uh, Connecticut Broadleaf, which is our very first Connecticut Broadleaf cigar we've come out with. Indonesian binder and a triple Nicaraguan filler. Uh, it's it's outstanding. So that'll be coming out, and you're actually going to start seeing it in magazine ads. And the tagline there is "Back with a Vengeance," so it's kind of cool. Um, so that's new. We just recently launched three different Coronas in a tray. We had Coronas years ago, but it didn't do as well as we wanted it to do, and it was primarily because of the price point issue. So we came up with a really nice little tray. It's literally 12 inches wide and retail on it is five seventy five a cigar and it comes in the Connecticut Habano and the original Maduro. So that'll be shown for the first time at IPCPR. And I would say the last thing is we've made some packaging changes, labeling changes. Um, we started introducing that probably about eight or ten months ago. And what we did is we redid our bands, our box labels, and the shelf talker that's built into the box. We shifted to a gold foil um, uh, printing for, the, like, the words Kristoff and the name of the blend. And it's got a much richer, much more elegant look. So we'll have all those new packaging designs displayed at IPCPR this year. So that's pretty exciting. It's, it just looks, looks much more elegant, rich, uh, a little more sophisticated. So we're excited about that. All right. And finally, we're going to wrap up this, uh, this news segment with more of a discussion. As listeners of this podcast know, Nicaragua is uh, heating up. Nicaragua has been... Uh, the Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Uh, there's been lots of political upheaval in Nicaragua. Uh, the Cliff's Notes of it, for those of you who are totally oblivious, is that... The uh, head of state there, Daniel Ortega, announced that they would be reducing uh, Social Security benefits but increasing the amount that people were required to contribute toward that fund. When people objected and took to the streets, they eventually reversed that decision, but the protests never stopped, and the protests have become basically a referendum in the streets on Daniel Ortega. Uh, And it doesn't look like that's going to calm down until some really serious political uh, changes happen. So uh, Esteli had been relatively quiet. Not quiet because there were protests in the streets, but in terms of you know the, the most violent uh, elements of this protest movement, had been relatively quiet, but that is 
by all accounts uh, from people on the ground in the cigar industry, over. Uh, according to reports from various sources, especially Skip Martin, who, by the way, has been an invaluable resource to those of us who are trying to keep up with this stuff from outside of Nicaragua. Uh, Skip Martin has done an incredible job of keeping people up to date and serving as a source for uh, various cigar media. There are protesters who are seizing private property uh, as well as going to cigar factories because uh, they know that the cigar factories being the main, uh, you know, economic driver, economic driver are also uh, the, the where most of the demand for security comes in Esteli, which also means they are maybe collectively the doubt without a doubt, the largest gun owner in the city of Esteli for sure. Yeah. No, no so uh, in anticipation of clashes with police, military and other pro-government elements, uh, some of these protesters are going to the factories and basically demanding that they be let in to search for weapons. Uh, so, for instance, um, the uh, the people at Fabrica Oveja Negra, which is the black label trading company yep. factory, uh, say that uh, the way that went down there is when they came in, which, by the way, Fabrica Oveja Negra, for those of you who have never been to Esteli, is sort of right on the edge of the right. city. Yeah, like at the entrance. Right, at the entrance on the highway. And a um, bunch of guys came in w- armed saying, hey, we're here to look for your guns so we can take them. And their approach, which is probably the you know nice happy medium, was to say, we don't have any. You can come in and check for yourself, but leave your guns at the door because you're going to freak people out in here. Um, and But that's been happening at various factories. Uh, some of the bigger factories, like STG has, according to, again, according to reports, uh, been forced to shut down on multiple days. Yep. Um, so well, yeah, it just it, it keeps yeah, going, right? Because workers are unable to get into the city. Exactly. And so all of this is to just kind of you know update people, but uh, you know uh, I think the the thing to watch at this point, you know, the the freakiest thing is that it's gone from you know what's this going to mean for the cigar world, which is still a relevant question. To now, there's you know, I mean, Rocky was talking about eight people being shot outside of his factory in the last several days. Yeah, I mean, that street that they're on has been a, a little hot zone for yeah. some reason. Right, right. So, um, yeah, it's it's getting very serious, and it's getting to the point where, you know, you have to be concerned for the safety of even some of the, the factory owners, right? I mean... Yeah, and, and, you know, the scary part for them is that they're they're kind of caught, right? They're caught between a rock and a hard place because they've got... In order to leave... They'd have to go through these uh, blockades on the street to get to Managua, or they can go the other way and head towards Honduras. But that's not that pretty either, yeah. Because you've got uh, MS-13 gangs at the border of Honduras, knowing that this is happening, knowing that people will want to flee, and so they will extort you and, and potentially do worse. So. Yeah, it's it's a scary situation for the families that are there, right? So Skip and, and a bunch of our friends uh, that live there, you know, they have to get out with their families at some point. Yeah. They have to leave their businesses behind. And it's just, it's a scary situation, man, to be in. It really is. Yeah. And so, I just, I don't see the, the end in sight. Tomorrow, by the way, well, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Right. Thursday, uh, the protesters have called for a nationwide strike. It's just it's not getting any better. The the part that I'm worried most about is what happens when they start to run out of food, right? Yeah, because that's that's happening. Yeah, e- even if e- even if food is coming in and out, it's coming in and out very slowly. Trickle. It's a complete trickle at this point. So, so and the the block the protesters are when the food is coming in. In a lot of cases, the protesters are taking it and uh, stashing it. Number one, for them to be able to eat, and number two, to be able to bring everything to a halt. And force uh, Ortega's hand, so it's it's really ugly, man. I, I I feel for for all of those people down there. I don't know what we can do other than raise awareness to it, right? But it's 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 bad. So you guys have been around the cigar industry for for a lot longer than I have. What's your perspective on just the issue of you know there are so many families, uh, not just factory owners, but also families in Esteli, you know, like locals who maybe are just, uh, you know, rank and file employees who still have relatively fresh memories of other instances of political upheaval that it really felt like Esteli was had sort of put in their rearview mirror. 
Well, yeah, I mean, in the uh, during the Sandinista Revolution, right. Esteli was at the sort of core. It was kind of almost a almost a birthplace of the revolution, right? Right. And so, so Esteli has a very Sandinista background, which is a very revolutionary background. But now Ortega's government is a Sandinista government, right? So it, it's just a weird place and time to be in for these people, right? Yeah. Because the, the very thing that they wanted and that they fought along with Ortega for is now the very thing they're fighting against. Yeah. So and not only a, that, but it's a city that owes a lot of its pr- uh, prosperity to, even if they're not always overtly this way. I mean, Cuban exiles run the majority of the factories down there. Yeah. And this is a very anti-Sandinista community. And so what does that end up meaning? In terms of the character of the city, I think that also has to create sort of a, a dichotomy in, in the way that people think about it because they, yeah. they you know, maybe feel this allegiance, you know, in terms of the identity of the city to these two radically different perspectives. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, and, and then now turning it all, you know, back to our listeners, right? Because a lot of them who are not so tied to this, all they want to do is smoke the cigars. Yeah. And so... You know, what does the, the trade show, the upcoming trade show look like uh, with a lot of cigar companies not even having product to take? Right. I mean, you talk to the smaller companies that are not, that weren't preparing themselves and, and stocking up on product and they, they won't have anything at the show. They won't have a cigar to to sample. Uh, they won't even, they just won't have any, they'll have a, a booth with nothing, with no product in it. So it's going to be a bizarre show. Which in turn will trickle down to the to the retailers, which will then trickle down to the consumers. There just won't be that many cigars yeah. coming from Nicaragua. And also, what does that mean for the Dominicans? Does that give them a leg up in terms of yeah. their capacity to sell because they'll have the stuff to sample and put in front yeah, of exactly. people? Exactly. So it, it, it'll be an interesting show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then just throw into that, like sprinkle in the whole FDA. Right. Uh, the, you know, the labeling changes and all the different things. It's going to be a bizarre show for sure. Yeah. But that, I think that'll be, again, from a cigar perspective, setting aside all of the other concerns, I think it'll be interesting to see whether any of this translates into sort of, even if only a temporary wave of uh, of Dominican product into people's humidors. Where maybe, let's say for simplicity's sake, that the split in your neighborhood humidor is 50-50, will that tip the scales in one direction or the other? Because at this trade show where so much of the business is done for the year, Uh, You know, the Dominicans are going to be the ones who have uh, their normal amount of of samples. They may... Well, it'll be the, from what I can tell, the Dominicans and the larger companies that have have the amount of product that they can do that with. That they can stock uh, and they can ship for X amount of time. So those won't feel the pain as much. They still will, but not as much uh, as as like the little guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. So something to keep an eye out for. Uh, stay tuned to this podcast uh, and also to CigarsAndDomeBag.com and uh, our print magazine for updates on all of that. Uh, in the lead up to the show and in the weeks following the show, we'll make sure to, to keep people posted on all the stuff that we know. Back to our featured cigar. Again, we're smoking Vegas Cubanas, which is a My Father product. It's Vegas Cubanas by Don Pepin Garcia. Uh, you look like you're what, maybe about an inch or two into the cigar now. Yeah, I'm, give or take. How's it going? Yeah, I mean the construction is is impeccable, as always. But uh, yeah, with a pepin, with product, pepin, right? uh, and it's it's smoothed down considerably for me. So it's still an excellent cigar, and and retail on this is somewhere in the six to like six, six and a half to seven and a half. Yeah, which is what we would consider value. I mean, this is excellent. today. Yes, yeah. <laughs> today, yeah. that that is a, a value cigar. Right? Yeah, it's right up at like maybe the high end of of value. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, and for a, a product of this level of quality, uh, absolute value. Yeah. So, I would definitely, I would be in the market for this. I mean, I'd have no uh, no reservation in uh, in recommending it if you're into that classic Cuban, but with a Nicaraguan uh, twist. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. So I, I I enjoy the cigar. If you had to pair it with something, what would we what would we be going for here? I I would go with a whiskey and not of the peaty variety. So I would go right. more on the uh, on the sweeter side, uh, some sort of Highland 
uh, scotch, I'd sure. probably go with. Or maybe a bourbon, or not that Maybe sweet. even, no, actually a bourbon would work beautifully. That would. Uh, Buffalo Trace type. Yeah. Evan, what are you drinking? Oh. A little Jim Beam. Evan's got a little hey, Jim Beam yeah, going. It pairs perfectly with that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, that's Las, uh, not Las, that's just Vegas Cubanas by Don Pepin Garcia. Maybe we'll we'll come back to it before the very end of the podcast for a little update. Uh, we got a bunch of sports stuff to update you on, uh, beginning with some things that we have talked about in the past, just to make sure that we see our updates all the way through. UFC 225 was this past Saturday. Yoel Romero lost by a split decision to Robert, I think his nickname is The Reaper, Whitaker. I recommended in the last podcast that you take a look at the first fight in which the two of them go the distance. Same thing in this time, in this uh, second fight, this rematch. Uh, they both looked like they could barely stand up by the end of it. Uh, I think it was three rounds to two. Whitaker won. Uh, NBA playoffs update. Cavs got swept. Oh, yeah? Is that what happened? Yeah, Cavs got swept <laughs> in case. LeBron got swept. LeBron, LeBron, and his uh, his crew of uh, of Roombas yeah. on the court uh, got swept by the Golden State Warriors, and of course now we're in for a lot of weeks, if not months, of rumors and speculation about what happens with LeBron next. If you had to place a bet, I know we kind of touched on this last time, but now the dust having settled and seeing what's going on, what do you anticipate might happen there? I'm still no no different than what I said last time. I, I think it'll be either Houston. Yeah. I don't think he stays, as you have constantly said, Ivan. Uh, I, I think he leaves. I, I think he definitely leaves. Okay. Uh, it's just a matter of where he lands. Uh, and, and I think I would. Uh, he'd be crazy to go to the West. Yeah. But but Houston, if they can swing it, that'd be that'd be a hell of a team, right? So. Either Houston and in the East, I think uh, I think Philly's got a leg up on people. So I'll that tell you, young core. I'll tell you what Philly's got a leg up on on everybody. I, I've seen and I showed Nick. I've seen a bunch of billboards popping popping up around the the country in all these uh, basketball markets of billboards already projecting LeBron on their team. Oh no shit! Philly's, I haven't seen this. Philly's got a great one of uh, of a boat uh, filled with the entire team. Uh, their mascot, which is a bear, that I had no idea. The Sixers mascot is a bear. Is a bear, uh, and then I think Dr. J is also <laughs> in the boat, and they're they're rowing towards. They left Moses uh, Malone out. The uh, the championship, but uh, yeah, all these teams are really uh, doing their best to promote their city by putting up billboards uh, already projecting LeBron on their team. So I, I hope we're not doing that. The Heat. Yeah, we got one. So I haven't I haven't seen this. Where is it? We'll do this on air. So the uh, this the Sixers thing is is sort of a take on yeah, Washington crossing the Delaware. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so they're all going toward the trophy. Uh, the Miami one was uh, I forget what the image is, but it's something it's, it's quoting that not one, not two. Yeah, it's it's Wade and LeBron, and it's not one, not two, and then mm, dot, 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 dot dot dot. In terms of making an argument on a billboard, this is the strongest argument here. Right is. You left because you felt like you had unfinished business in Cleveland. Now you have unfinished business here because you said not one, not two, and you got two. Mm. So, and then LA's was it LA? Yeah, it sucked. Right? Was it the Magic or Orlando? Or oh, Orlando? Do you believe? Yeah, in Orlando's magic? in the stakes. For yeah, this? everybody feels like they are to some degree, right? Uh, the, what about New uh, York is New York doing anything? Uh, why would anybody want to go to New York? Because <laughs> it's New York. But but not if you're trying to win. It's the, the, the Wait, they did, they is... did, they did, they did. King they, of they New did. York, prove it. Yeah, they did. Oh, that's right, because he said he's the king of New York, or somebody did, or whatever it was. I just looked this up. Yeah, where, where's our research department? Nah, Get me our research department on the line right now. Get him over here. <laughs> I also saw, uh, I don't know if it was Bleacher Report, or, but something about trade rumors about the Warriors trading for Anthony Davis. Which Whoa. Yeah, the idea was well. letting go of a draft pick and either Thompson or Green for Anthony Davis. Ooh, which I think I I think I don't the world know that I do that. Davis, I don't know that I make that move if I'm either one of those. No, I do it if I'm Golden State. For you sure. do it if you're Golden State. Oh, hell, hell yeah, Anthony Unibrow, Davis is, dude. He's he's he's, he's the, the real deal. He's the real I know he's the real deal. deal, but you have so much chemistry on that team now that if it's 
the the payoff has to be so obvious to mess with that if I don't know. They had so much chemistry without Kevin Durant and then they bring him in and yeah. Yeah, but who did they lose? Who did they have to let go of? I they, don't they didn't know. really lose anything from no, that. They just no, signed they him. Yeah. You know, if they had traded for Kevin Durant, then it would be a different equation there, but they just they just signed him. Mm. Uh if you're if you have to lose one of these core pieces from your starting lineup, all of whom are arguably Hall of Famers. I think Draymond Green of he's not he, a Hall of Famer. I don't think no, that group. The, I'm saying that he I don't know that he is a shoe in. I think the rest of them are. Clay Thompson is a Hall of Famer. No. Yes. No. The only reason Clay Thompson doesn't have every three point record is because he's second to Steph Curry in all of those record categories. You might be right. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm saying you might be right. He might make it. If but... you're the second best shooter, if Reggie Miller can be in the Hall of Fame, Clay Thompson can be in the Hall of Fame. Clay Thompson is, longer, a, is on the sure, same but... level as Clay Thompson. Hmm. Clay Thompson know. is on the same level as Clay Thompson. Yeah, no, you meant Reggie Miller. Yeah, it's Reggie Miller. That's what I meant. Uh, he is as he's as good a shooter as Reggie Miller is, at least. Yeah, but, yeah, but he doesn't have that funky stroke though. Reggie Miller That's had true. that like crisscross. The crisscross stroke. hand stroke. Oh, that might be an insult to Reggie Miller. I don't know. If Clay Thompson was on a team of deadbeats, would he carry his team like Reggie Miller carried the Pacers for yeah, all those Reggie years? Yeah, but Reggie Miller had deadlift shrimp. That's right. <laughs> all right anyway, I, Clay Thompson would carry a team to a conference finals. This might be a whole. Show on it. A whole in show on it, its, in own. its own. Yeah. yeah. I don't but know. I, I say that, yes, Clay Thompson would carry a team as far as Reggie Miller carried his teams. Okay. I don't think he wins titles, but he. But I think he carries them to maybe a finals, at least a conference finals. Okay. Uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. Feedback at CigarSnobMag.com. Where does Clay Thompson belong on the in the pantheon of three-point shooters in NBA history? Uh, at least by the stats. Granted, the rules have changed such that the the, the rules help people break these records, right? So mm-hmm. maybe if Clay Thompson is playing in the '90s, he's nowhere near as good. But at least by the numbers, Clay Thompson Something has to be done. Speaking of rules, these these rules, the rules protecting are, the shooters have gotten out of control. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's a little bit like the protecting the quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I think people lose sight of how much of a how big of a role those rule changes have. In this whole shift toward this like superstar driven, uh, you know, dynamic where there are entire teams that just don't matter anymore. It used to be that because the rules were different, you could make up for a lack of talent with just grit, right? Yep. That's not the case anymore. Now, if you don't have the superstars on your team, you're not competing even in a regular season game. It's just you're lucky to win anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, think back to like the 90s. Every team had the fact that we even. That I even remember who like Greg Ostertag and Big Country Reeves were. Oof. You know. Well, there there was a real lack of talent in the at, at the center position, which still exists today. But that's what I'm saying. If if you were a shitty team, even the best player on a terrible team mattered because that guy could we just. Had, we had Alan Og, bro. That's right. <laughs> no one on that's listening to this podcast remembers Alan Og. Superstar Ronnie Cycli. Oof. Right. That was our number one draft pick. For sure. Yeah. Uh anyway, so tell me about that USF on, Dome. The USF Sun Dome is no more. According to the Miami Herald, it now goes by a new name. It is now the Yingling Center. Did I say that right? I'm always a little Ying, confused. Yeah, yeah, Yingling. 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 Yeah. I mean it's spelled like Yuangling, but it's Yingling. <laughs> you can tell this guy Center. doesn't drink beer. No, I know, right? I do not drink beer. Uh <laughs> So, uh, yeah. The, so, USF uh, being uh, University of South Florida, correct. which is in, based in, in Tampa. In Tampa. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so, Yingling has been brewing in Tampa for nearly 20 years, and they now uh, have naming rights. for, Well, not have naming rights, but yeah, they, they sold the... Yeah, they, they bought the, uh, you know, the right to have the, the stadium named after themselves, uh, or the arena, right? Can, this, I, this can is I, the I complain arena. about USF being called USF? That's not South. USF should be University of... Central West Florida, right? Okay. Doesn't sound great because UCF is already taken. I know. So, yeah. yeah. So it has to be University of West Central Florida. How about that? Not UWCF. As, not, not as marketable. No? Gold, Gold no. Coast is taken also, right? Isn't there uh, FGC? Yeah, but they were there before. That USF sucks. was there before. That sucks, too. It does suck. Yeah. But USF was there before those. Yeah. I think they did fine. 
with USF. Well, yeah, it with doesn't their, make with their sense. Lie. They did fine sound. with their lie, with their false marketing. Yeah, of course they did fine. <laughs> University of South Beach up in Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention, how many bulls have you seen in South Florida? Anyway, oof, they're everywhere. Yeah, you ever driven uh, I four West? That's loaded with bulls everywhere. Psst, don't bring up the bulls. My God, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Gonna, right. I'm not going to go. Very good. So anyway, if you're ever in Tampa and you want to check out a USF basketball game. Watch out for the Bulls. Watch out for the Bulls at the Yingling Center in Tampa. Finally, we're talking World Cup. Actually, no, not Wait, hang on. Is it Yingling Center is now the, or is that the only college uh, venue, college sports venue that is sold its naming rights to a beer company? It might be. It might be Tampa, or not Tampa, but USF is also uh, one of the campuses where students of age can drink at the games, which is not the case everywhere. Huh. So I think it's it's especially significant in college because there are a lot of colleges where that's just, it would be wasted marketing money. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, they that as far as we can conjure up in our brains here, that is the only college sports venue. Uh Another reason why we always rank Tampa as one of the best cities uh, yeah, for cigar smokers. There you go. They have to put a uh, a little Fuente Lounge inside of the USF That's right. uh, Yingling Center. There you go. Uh, so keep an eye out. And uh, if the Fuente Lounge becomes a thing, you heard it here first. If it doesn't. If they don't take lounge. it, we'll take it. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. So the World Cup starts tomorrow. Horn, give me a horn, dude. Russia 2018. Hold on, let me get my soccer horn. My Vuvuzela. <laughs> that took way too long to, to fire up the horn. It was like a, the it was like a fog horn that had to be like cranked. Uh, so I'm not really a soccer fan. Eric, take and it you away. don't drink beer, and go- I don't drink beer. I'm going for the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> That's like on the fantasy draft where you draft the wide receiver that just tore his ACL. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. US, oh shit, they're not playing. It. FYI, US is not in it. Neither oh. is Italy, by the way. Isn't that crazy? They didn't qualify. No, huh? sir. You don't get like grandfathered in for being a yeah for like uh, winning one like a few years in ago, recent right? history. No, you don't. Oh no, you don't. shit. Uh, I think it had something to do with Zidane and the headbutt and the whole thing. No, I'm kidding. You'd have to be a soccer junkie to know that one. But, Zidane. Uh, but yeah, I, I got. Yeah, man. Remember when Italy won? Yeah, but Zidane plays for France, right? Yeah. I didn't get the and joke. He headbutted, he headbutted uh, Matarazzo or one, one of, those of the Italians. Italian guys got it. Got in the it. Final. Headbutted him right out of the right head. in the chest. Got it. So do, right so we world. don't get any Buffon. We don't get Gianluigi Buffon. No. Oh shit. Or Pirlo or any of those guys. Oh man. That so uh, yeah. So no U.S. No no Italy. So who you got? You going back to the Germans? No, I like uh, Ghana. You like Ghanaria? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Ghana looks strong. Ghana looks strong. I think, Ghana... but then again, they might not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> you think they're gonna be suck? <laughs> I, I yeah, can't. That, that joke comes a little later. Yeah, yeah, a little it's a uh... preemptive uh, strike on your part. <laughs> but uh, who did not? Seriously, who just throw out? Who you got? Who do I? Who's your lead pipe lock? <sighs> who won it last year? Germany. Germany. The Germans. All right. We'll take the black Not shirts. last year, by the way. Or last World Cup. Yeah. Uh, how about Argentina? Are they looking? Actually, uh, no. You know, they've got a lot of... Uh, they got a lot of age in the midfield. I don't, I don't okay. like that. Okay. How about Spain? How are they looking? Also age in the midfield, Aging. right? Their best player is still Iniesta, which is he's, this is probably his last World Cup. Okay. So I, I, obviously, I want Spain. Uh, sure. Not obviously to others, but since the U.S. is not in it, Spain is the the team that I have the most connection with. So, so yeah, I, I'd like Spain, but I don't think they're going to do it either. But I'm going to be rooting for Spain. Okay. All right. When, also, do, when does that start and when does it end? Tomorrow, and it goes for a month. It oh, ends that is on. Uh, it ends like while we're on the show floor at IPCPR. And uh, where are they playing? Russia. So, uh, what time are the games? That's all I care they're like about. The earliest game is like at 6 a.m. Uh, Primetime games for us are 2 p.m. Because that's always fun, just waking up like at 5 a.m. to go see a 6 a.m. game. I know, but that's only like when the U.S. is in it or, you know, that's when we want to like, we'll get up early and watch it. Sure. In my case, if Spain's playing, I'll, I'll get up early and watch it. If Ghana's playing at 6 a.m., I'm, I'm for there. Sure, for I'm sure. there. 2026 World Cup, 
it was just announced, will be Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. They won a joint bid to host the 2026 World Cup, beating out Morocco. <laughs> All right, F so. you, Morocco. <laughs> you know what surprised me? Morocco had like 60-something votes to yeah. get it. It wasn't like a landslide. The vote was 135 to 64. Sorry, 134 to 65. What the hell? Hmm. Seriously? Morocco? I mean, we, we uh, I think we got Russia, and the next one I think is like Qatar? You got to figure that there's some amount of like regional, you know, we want it in our neck of the woods voting, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know if there's a public record of who voted how. I think, uh, no, this is for the first time, uh, I think, for the first time they made the voting public. Really? Okay. Yeah. they In, in an attempt uh, at some transparency here. All right. So, anyway, but yeah, 134 to 65, the U.S., Canada, uh, Mexico triad won that uh, contest. What are your thoughts on this? Has there been a multi-country World Cup before? I don't know, but I don't, not that I can remember. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think it'll be good. I think they got like 10 matches in Canada, 10 in, in, uh, in Mexico, and then the rest here. So I'm excited. We're, we got some matches here in Florida. We got in uh, we have here in Miami, and we'll have some in Orlando as well. And the championship game will be in New Jersey. Is it? Yeah, MetLife. Okay, cool. So yeah, that'll be good. I'm so totally World psyched about Cup that. In New Jersey, watch out. In the swamp. All right, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned to the Cigar Snob Podcast between now and World Cup 2026 for updates <laughs> on how all that's going. Uh, we will keep you posted on all of the Vuvuzela developments. Finally, we have probably the best audio that has come out of sports celebrations in a long time. Uh, Gets my vote. For sure. Alex Ovechkin doing an interview. This was, I think this was immediately after the uh, their win? No, this was during the parade. And the one and last thing. Before the year... I said, not me say, it's uh, it just us saying, we're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Woo. Has anyone, I don't think I've ever seen anyone enjoy a championship as much as this. Have you Have you seen him like on Twitter and everything? No. On Instagram posting no. pictures with him in a bed shirtless with the cup and like nice. some outrageous Russian woman. Bastard. Uh, it's like I think that's everywhere, his, everywhere. I'm pretty he's, sure that's his wife. Uh, she's outrageous. <laughs> uh, yes, she is. Now that we're, yeah. Anastasia. Shubskaya. She's gorgeous. Keep an eye out for Ovechkin on social media. He is uh, he's a hoot. <laughs> he's a hoot? Yep. All right. We're not going to be hoot. So with that, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars, before we come back with our parting recommendations. Villiger Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villiger online at villigercigars.com Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villiger.northamerica. Twitter at Villiger Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end. And Instagram at Villiger Cigar, just Villiger Cigar, no S at the end on Instagram. All right, and finally, as we always do, we're going to end this episode with our parting recommendations. This is where we recommend things that you should be eating, smoking, doing, drinking, watching. Uh, Eric, or swimming with. Or swimming with. What do you got? So uh, my my son my son is uh, doing some uh, snorkeling camp or I don't know what on the in Key Biscayne some nature center camp 
and uh, all his masks and all his uh, snorkeling stuff is in our in our camper, which is stored uh, away from from home. So I needed to to give him a a mask. Fortunately, our family from Spain had just come in and uh, and gifted uh, both of the boys a full face uh, snorkel mask. I thought, as a lifelong like diver, I thought, okay, this is this is gimmicky, right? Have you seen these things? Yeah, these full face snorkel masks. They I look have. they Lo- look goofy. It looks like a CPAP mask. It does. It looks like something you'd sleep with if you had sleep apnea. Yeah, but uh, it looks goofy. So I thought it was gimmicky. And so my wife says, no, don't worry, you know, let them wear that for the camp. And I, and I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll drive up to Orlando and go get our, uh, go get their gear or I'll just go buy them something. And uh, she's like, no, 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 try it out. So jumped in the pool, tried it. I tried it. The freaking thing is awesome. Yeah. No, free, awesome. Awesome. I can't recommend it enough. If you have a kid who uh, doesn't do any snorkeling or anything like that and he wants to get in the water and he's maybe not used to snorkels and all that bullshit... That mask is freaking awesome. I was totally impressed by it. What's so good about it? Well, they don't have to deal with uh, with the snorkel first, right? So holding the snorkel in their mouth, kids are not used to that. You don't have to stick it under the strap of the mask. You don't have to mask. do any of that. You know? And then the other thing is you don't have to purge it when you come out of the water. You know, when you're swimming with a snorkel, your snorkel gets full of water. And then when you come out of the water, you got to give it one good purge, right? I love clearing my snorkel. Yeah, 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 no doubt. <laughs> So anyway, you don't have to do that. You, you clear your snorkel whenever you want. <laughs> Whatever way you want. No, but the thing, I, I was totally impressed by it. it. Completely. Like, I was floored by how well it works. The mask not fucking sucking. Yeah, the mask not sucking. Whatever the Ovechkin way of saying that is. How is it, Nick? It's not going to be fucking sucked. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. The full face snorkel mask is not going to be fucking sucked. There's my recommendation. Ivan? Uh, okay. So, this was purchased. This was purchased, uh, I would say about 10 years ago. Not by me. It was a gifted to me. Uh, I got a set of Zwilling J.A. Henkel kitchen knives, right? And I love these things. These things are amazing. And I used them nonstop. Uh, for 10 years? No, for like two or three years. Oh, oh. Broke up with my ex-girlfriend, moved out, and I packed all my stuff into boxes, put a lot of the stuff in storage, um, moved out, changed houses a bunch of times, and uh, when I went back into storage looking for my knives, I couldn't find them. So fast forward 10 years later, uh, my grandmother uh, tells me that she has a box of my kitchen stuff, right, at her house. And she goes, what do I do with these things? And I go, just throw them all away. I mean, I got I got tons of kitchen stuff. I don't need all this stuff. And she goes, are you sure there's a lot of nice, nice stuff in here? I go, no, 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 just throw it all away. I don't need it. So as my grandmother usually does, she doesn't listen to mm-hmm. anything I say. And she went through and she goes, she comes back to me. She goes, are you sure you want to get rid of these knives? And I go, what are you talking about? So when I went in there to look, I found my knives. Somehow they ended up. How long in- you'd been blaming your ex-girlfriend. I did. I did. <laughs> it was I like he found his knives. No, yeah. my grandmother. No, yeah, my, no, to she, throw yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. found them. Uh, and that's enough fair time for my ex-girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got them back into the arsenal and I've been using them now since I got them back. And these things are like if I just bought them. I haven't. They they have no rust. They're as sharp as as razor blades. These things are amazing. I love to cut anything with these things. These things are awesome. Walking around the house with knives in your hand looking for things to cut. It's fucking awesome. Like, if you have to buy a pair of knives, get these Willing J Henkel knives. They're the best. Yeah. Very good. All right. What you got, Nikki? I saw Molly's Game. Which uh, you can Another watch. Chick Another chick flick. I knew. <laughs> Not chick flick a chick alert. flick. You know how you have your horn. We need like a chick flick alert. For <laughs> Not Nick. a chick flick. So Molly's game is uh, based on or about Molly Bloom, who uh, wrote a book also called Molly's Game, about her experience running uh, what ended up being arguably the most exclusive uh, ecstasy underground ring. no underground oh. poker game oh. in the world. Uh, so. She write, She basically uh, spent a lot of time running this game, and the whole thing is about uh, 
her court case where the uh, the feds are coming after her because she ends up all wrapped up through this poker game with the Russian mob. So uh, super interesting true story. Uh, my only knock on this movie is that I'm not a fan of Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I think everything Aaron Sorkin writes is kind of obnoxious because nobody talks that way. Uh, but if you're into Aaron Sorkin, which a lot of people are, uh, like if you're into the West Wing and all those Aaron Sorkin-y things, this is super Aaron Sorkin-y. Uh, and, I didn't uh, know that was a word, Aaron Sorkin-y. It's Aaron Sorkin-y. It's an um, adjective? Huh. It's an adjective, yeah. yeah. Huh. So if you're into Sorkin-y things, or even if you're not, I think the fact that this is a true story sort of kept me engaged, uh, and it is a pretty badass story. Uh, so I was totally oblivious to it, even though apparently I got a ton of press. But uh, Molly's Game, which stars Jessica Chastain as Molly Bloom, worth checking out. So, anything Where, else? Where'd you see this? I watched it on Amazon uh, Amazon Prime Video, uh, but I'm sure there are other places that you can that you can rent it or watch it. No, that's it. That's the only place. Yeah, maybe the only place. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, I don't know. Uh, anything else that we want to add here? Uh, no, but by the way, the cigar yeah. is still cruising along, and uh, I'm about halfway through. It ticked up a little bit in uh, strength. Yeah, but again, not on the palate, which is really nice. So cool. I'm enjoying it. Awesome. I've yeah, it's awesome. Go out and get it. Great. That's Vegas Cubanas by Don Pepin Garcia. With that, thank you very much for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Sometimes I forget to do this, but I will throw out all of our social media stuff. You can find us online at CigarSnobMag.com. Find episodes of the podcast at CigarSnobMag.com slash podcast. And find us on social media at CigarSnobMag. Thank you very much. Until next time. Later. Ta-ta. Goodbye.